morning. Roy Ralph is going to be bringing the word with us. Um, Come on up, Roy. Roy and his wife and his sister are here with us today. Roy is a friend of uh, John Trestle's, and Roy has just been traveling with John for, I don't know, Six weeks. I knew it was quite a while. Six weeks, and they went to quite a few places. I don't know if he's going to mention that. Let us I know. Will, yeah. Let us know. So we're just glad to have Roy with us this morning. Amen. Good to be here. Thank you. It's good to be here with you. Amen. Um, yeah, John sends John and Gloria. They send their greetings. Uh, we were with them for six weeks, and um, uh, let's see. We ministered in I think it was about thirty different churches. But we ministered to about 50 churches. Uh, we had every weekend, every Saturday, well, every weekend, we'd start on Friday night, and then anywhere from two to five services on sun, Saturday, and then another one on Sunday. So um, it was um, a marathon uh, because we also met Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. So, in fact, the first, weeks we were, first week we were there, we had one day off. It just, in fact, let me real quick just share one real quick thing with you. I don't know if John will share this or not, but um, the day we arrived, uh, we arrived in Paris at 1130 in the morning, and uh, we were two hours late, but John and Gloria met us there at the airport, and uh, they took us to lunch uh, to meet the pastor and his wife. Uh, He is the leader of a Baptist federation there in France, and uh, was going to be hosting us that night. We were supposed to have a day off to get over jet lag, you know. That didn't work. Uh, so we went into, um, they took us, uh, put us up in a hotel, so we stayed in the hotel. Well, after lunch, we went to the hotel and had an hour to sleep and then got ready and went to the meeting and uh, began ministering. And the Lord had spoken to my heart to um, be very sensitive and listen. And so as I was ministering the Word, all of a sudden, I felt like the Lord said, stop and listen. And I did. And now, the place where we were, they didn't have windows like you have here. Um, but the pastor was sitting next to a door, and he had the door kind of open, but it looked like bright sunshine. That was it, sunshine. And, and it was a bright, sunshiny day when we got there, okay? wasn't hardly a cloud in the sky when we got to the church. But as I was ministering, and the Lord told me to stop, I thought I heard rain. So I said to him, I said, is it raining? And both John and the pastor said, yes, it's raining. And immediately the Lord spoke to my heart and said, this is a sign, a natural sign to you of what I'm about to do in France. For as the rain is coming down, so I'm about to pour out my spirit upon all of France. And I began prophesying for about five minutes or so about what God wants to do in France. Now, here's, here's the real kicker to this. Uh, my wife, before we ever left, the Lord had spoken to my wife that there was going to be, um, uh, that the Lord was really going to move uh, in France and that uh, he was going to pour out his spirit and it would be like the former rain and the latter rain in the same month. So here it is, the very first day we're there and it rains in the very first meeting We were there for the next month, every meeting we were in and we had, we were full. We had only, like I said about, well, in that month, I think we had three days off. Um, But every, every time we were in a meeting, no matter where we were, it rained. Did you guys get that? It rained for a month. We were... I don't know if you heard it or not. It was on national news in France. It rained so much, Paris streets were flooded. Now, to get anywhere in Paris, you have to plan for a minimum of an hour to drive. Okay? It is, it's just the traffic is horrendous. And if the streets are flooded, it's going to be two and three hours. It was a mess. But, uh, and in one place, there was so much rain and all that, a farmer's field washed down into the place where we were staying, into their, their yard. And um, she, when she pulled in uh, to take us to her home to spend the night, uh, then as she pulled back out, we had ruts that deep in the mud. It was just, it was a mess. It was amazing. But um, God, God, con- God 
confirmed his sign of what he wanted to do in France. So keep them in prayer. They really are... Um, this is my fourth time for being in France. And um, we saw more hunger. We saw more uh, reception of the Word of God and of what God wants to do than any other time we'd been there. And uh, it, it really is. The people are hungry and they're beginning to reach out for more. Um, uh, well, let me just one more real quick story. Um, Paul Torre, he is the pastor of a, of a big church in Paris. He had set up a, a meeting for us on a Saturday or on a Friday night um, in um, Marome, uh, which is close to Rouen. And we, we went there um, Friday night and ministered and had a really good ministry. But we found out, uh, well, I ministered on prophecy and you can all prophesy, okay? And um, anyhow, and I, my wife and I and John, we, we ministered prophetically to, to the pastor and his wife, and then um, I don't remember, to a couple other people, I guess. Uh, I don't remember how many, three or four, something like that. Uh, and the service was over for the evening. Saturday, we were supposed to take off and drive to Paris to get to Paul E. Torrey's house. Well, um, Pastor Douay Denay, I think I said his name right, it, it means, it's really interesting, his name means God-given. He's from Congo, and his name means God-given, and he's the pastor of the church. I thought that was real interesting. But at any rate, um, so he takes, uh, and he stands up, and he says, now this, is, this has been God, and he said, um, uh, we, we really want, we'll go over some of these prophecies with you. Um, but uh, he says, I, I can guarantee that these words were true. Then he said to us, he said, can you stay for tomorrow and have a meeting with us? We have a prayer time tomorrow afternoon at noon. And John said, no, we've got to get into, France, into Paris. And he said, look, he says, I know Paul Etori. I'll call Paul and he'll, he'll tell you to stay. So he did. And so Paul called John back and said, look, go ahead and stay. So because we were supposed to be into Paris by 2.30 in the afternoon, uh, and that wasn't going to work. That's a five-hour drive from Rome to Paris. So we took and um, uh, said, okay, we'll, we'll stay. It's, it's just a prayer, just a prayer, ga prayer gathering. Now, there's three sections of chairs in, the, uh, in that church. And uh, so we got in there on Friday at noon or Saturday at noon and we walked in and the pastor took in the little corner over here and he set up about 15, maybe 20 chairs in a little circle. Then he said, come with me. And he said, we'll go into my office and just spend a little bit of time in prayer. So we did. We went into his office and prayed. And at noon, we walked out of the office, walked into the sanctuary. All those chairs had been put back into place and the center section was full of about 80 to 90 people. So it definitely was something different. They gave up their Saturday to hear what God wanted to do and say. And uh, so we had another church service, ministered, and then again I ministered prophetically to a number of people. When it was over, John went around and started talking to some of the people. And he walked up to this one man and he said to him, he said, he said, um, what did you think about what happened here? The man said, I've been in this church and sat in that chair for 33 years. I have never seen anything like what I've seen here last night and today. But this is God. The pastor had stood up and said, This is the Lord. A prophet has come into our midst. And I'm not bragging on me, but this is what he said. A prophet has come in, the, in our midst. We have seen the gifts of the Spirit in operation and this church is making a turn. We're going after what God has been saying. So it, it was just, that's the kind of reception that we had. And it was really, really um, tremendous. Amos chapter 3, verses 7 and 8 says, um, The lion has roared, who can but prophesy? Who can but or fear? Uh, then he goes on, he says, uh, The Lord will not do anything but that he doesn't first show it to his servants, the prophets. And God begins to speak into our hearts and into our lives, and He begins to teach us the things that He wants us to know. The, the Lord is speaking prophetically. 
Now, the thing I really want you to understand here this morning is this. Uh, God is still speaking today. Too many people in the church world, in the United States as well as in France and many other places, think that God is not speaking anymore. That, you know, we have the Bible. That's all we really need. We do need the Bible. We absolutely need the Bible. And anything that is spoken needs to be backed up by the Word of God. Let me lay that real clear, okay? Anything that is declared needs to be backed up by the Word of God. However, God spoke to Adam. Remember? In the book of Genesis, God spoke. The voice of the Lord walked with Adam and Eve during the <coughs> cool of the evening. God spoke to Adam. God spoke to Moses. Well, He spoke to Noah. Something new, a new word to Noah, build an ark. He spoke to Moses, get my people out of Egypt. He spoke a new word to each different generation. He spoke to Joshua. And in Joshua chapter, in fact, I just had it a moment ago, um, 3, in Joshua 3, Joshua begins to speak to the people. And he says, when you see the ark of the covenant... Stepping into by being carried by the priest and stepping into the river Jordan, then know that we're going across. Okay, and verse four says, "Yet there shall be a space between you and it, about two thousand cubits by measure. Do not come near it, that you may know the way by which you must go, for you have not passed this way before." Now, one of the things I just read that this morning, and one of the things that the Lord began to speak into my heart is that. There are new things that God is doing and wanting to do in the earth today. He's wanting us to begin to recognize His call, what He is doing, what He is saying, and begin to follow after Him. There's new word that the Lord is speaking. And I'm not going to take the time to really go through all of this, but the Ark of the Covenant typifies the Lord Jesus Christ. And so when Joshua says that when you see the Ark of the Covenant, going into the river Jordan, that's Jesus going to the cross, then about 2,000 cubits or about 2,000 years later, you will have, and again, I don't have time to verify all that, but we can, uh, then about 2,000 years later, there's something new about to happen. Well, folks, it's been 2,000 years approximately since Jesus went to the cross. And I want you to know that God is still speaking today. He's still talking to people today, not just to prophets. And that's what I want you to really understand. It's not just to prophets. He's speaking to prophets, and prophets are beginning to speak and to declare the Word of God. And as they do, it's beginning to stir the hearts of the people, and they are beginning to step up and do what God has called them to do. That's Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 uh, through 13. He says, uh, I've given you the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. What for? For the perfecting of the church, for the work of the ministry. So that the job of the apostle, prophet, pastor, teacher, and evangelist is to train the church so that the church can begin to do the work of the ministry. Hello? Now in France at a time like this, I would say, cuckoo. Yeah. I don't know where that word came from, but that's what John told me. So, you know, anyway, <laughs> that's, and, and the people, anyway, the people begin to respond a little bit. But here's the thing. Don't get too quiet on me, okay? I, I'm, anyway, but here's what, here's what God is saying. You've not passed this way before. There's something new that God is wanting to do in the earth today. And what he's doing is he's wanting to so prepare the body of Christ that we begin to do the work of the ministry. You and I together begin to fulfill all the work of what God has, what Jesus has spoken. Okay? Um, then in verse 5, Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourselves, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among you. That's what God wants to do. He wants to do wonders through you and through me. He wants to see the hand of God. Jesus said, Greater works than these shall you do, because I go to the Father. 
So the very spirit and the anointing of Jesus has been resting upon the church. And this is the day and the hour when God wants to so move upon the church that the church begins to live like Jesus lived. The church begins to do what Jesus did. The church begins to see the hand of God move through their lives fulfilling the call of God. Now I know a lot of people say, oh, well, Brother Roy, no, no, that, that, that's, that's only for those ordained ministers. Show that to me in the Word. What did I say a little while ago? Everything needs to be verified by the Word. Jesus took the disciples, 12 disciples, fishermen, tax collectors. He took them and 70 others who were normal, ordinary men of God, just men of Israel, and He sent them out and they came back declaring the wonders of of God, declaring miracles, declaring mighty things that God did as they just spoke the word of the Lord uh, and did what Jesus told them to do. They weren't ordained. They never went to Bible school. They never went to any kind of theological training. Hello, businessmen, tax collectors. That's who they were. Fishermen and the Spirit of God came upon them even before the day of Pentecost. And they went out and they preached the Word and healed the sick. Amen. Mighty things began to take place through their ministry, through their Word, as they just spoke the Word of God. God is saying to you and me today, I'm still speaking. I still want to speak my word in and through my people. And I want my people to begin to go out and to do the works of God. Oh, but Roy, I'm, uh, you know, I'm too old. No, you're not. Are you breathing? Is there anybody in here not breathing? <laughs> I mean, we'll pray for you. Because it also says... Matthew chapter 10 says, uh, go preach the word, and as you preach, heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out devils, cleanse the leper. Freely you have received, freely give. We sang a song a little bit ago that said something about that. It said that by grace we're saved. It said by grace, the very grace of God, it was enough for us. Amen. And the grace of God is in your heart and in your life is there to inspire you and to help you to become what God created you to be. Well, but, you know, I'm too old or I'm, I'm, I'm too young or I'm, I'm, I'm a male or I'm a female or I'm a this or I'm a that. No, you are exactly what God wanted you to be. You are who you are because God created you the way you are and He created you as a vessel to receive the Spirit of God and to move by the power of the Spirit of God and to fulfill the call of God on your life, to do that which God has, uh, has ordained and created you for. All right? It's what He's done. So He spoke to Adam. He spoke to Noah. Moses, he spoke to the prophets, he spoke to David, he spoke through Jesus, he spoke through the apostles, he spoke through the prophets in the New Testament, he spoke through all these different people, and guess what? He even spoke through young ladies. Hello? Oh yeah, didn't you ever read in the book of Acts where Philip had some daughters who prophesied? Yeah, doesn't matter gender, doesn't matter age, it matters receptability. It matters, it matters your giving yourself to Him and saying, here my Lord, use me, all right? So, um, John chapter 10 says, my sheep know my voice. Now, are you, you sang some songs a little while ago that indicated that you're one of his sheep. Are you one of his sheep? One, two, three, four. The rest of you will have an altar call in a few moments. Amen. Amen. Because if you're not one of his sheep, if you don't belong to him, then you need to know Jesus as your personal Savior. Amen. You really do. 
But if you know him as your personal savior, then in the terminology of John chapter 10, you're one of his sheep. And he says, my sheep know my voice. Now, it's interesting to me that, uh, Brother Ron, that he doesn't say my lambs know my voice. He doesn't say that. He doesn't say the young ones know my voice. He says my sheep, the mature ones, they know my voice. And God wants you and me to know his voice. Have you ever heard from God? Has God ever spoken to you? Yeah. One, two. Amen. Yeah. Well, I don't know. When did God ever speak to me? Well, he spoke to you when, he re- when you began to recognize that you needed a Savior. He spoke to you at least then. You began to hear the voice of the Lord at that point saying, I need, I need a Savior. I, 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 need, I need salvation. That was God speaking into your spirit and in your heart. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, the voice of the Lord spoke to you again then. God is speaking to you. Now here's the, here's the main thing I want to get across. Two things. One, God is still speaking. God wants to speak to you. So my question to you is this. What is God saying to you? See, I can tell you what God's saying to me. What's God saying to you? What is the Lord speaking into your spirit and into your heart? And how do you know it's the Lord? Now that's some things that I taught on over in France. I'm not going to do that here. But how do you know it's the Lord? I found out in France there are some uh, people going around calling themselves prophets who were speaking some really negative things. Uh, I mean, I don't know if John will tell you this or not, but uh, one prophet even told him, he said, you're dead. You're dead. You're, you're not going to have, uh, you have no ministry left. God's, God's left you. You're dead. You're gone, done. He, three months he fought that thing before he finally got over the curse that was put on his life. We know a lady that fought for 10 years because of what this man said. Why? Because she did not know how to discern a word from God. She didn't know how to know, or she didn't know how to receive and to what to do with a word that wasn't from God. How do you know what you're hearing is from God? And what are you doing with it? Some of you are beginning to think so hard smoke's about to come out your ears. Amen. What is God saying to you? If I, if, I, if I went to anyone, like I go to this young man here and I say, what's God saying to you? You should be able to speak to me and tell me what the Lord has been saying to you recently. Well, um, um, uh, Pastor Mara said, no, 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 no. I, I, I understand Pastor, Pastor is speaking the word of the Lord to you too, but, but what is the Lord speaking to you? What is God saying to you? And he may have been saying the same thing that Pastor Merritt had been telling you. But what is it he's saying to you? What is the word? Because God's still speaking. God is still talking. But, but brother, we, we got the Bible. We don't need to actually. Yes, we do. We need to listen. We need to pay, spend time and listen to hear what God is saying. And folks, if you're not spending time every day in the presence of God, if you're not spending time every day, Lord, I want to just worship you. I want to just come to know you. I want to walk in relationship with you. If you're not spending time with Him, then God is speaking, but you're not listening. God wants your ears to be open. Then the Bible say that? I think it's in the book of Proverbs. It says, The seeing eye and the hearing ear, the Lord hath made both of them. For what purpose? So that you can see what God is doing and hear what God is saying. Ah, oh, but Brother Roy, that's, that's not script. Yeah, it is. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father do, and I only speak what I hear the Father say. You and I are supposed to be like Jesus. Hello? So as we are changed by the power of the Spirit of God, 
and we become more and more into the image and the character and the nature of Jesus, the more we begin to see what he wants to do, the more we begin to um, do what he's created us to do. Amen. Now, folks, um, oh, Jesus. I think that's, God is speaking to you. He's saying, I'm about to do some new things in the earth today. And I'm about to raise up, can I put it in these terms, the Tom, Dick, and Harrys of the world? I'm about to raise up the common person, the person that does not have the TV stations and the radio broadcasts and the and all of the, nothing not saying anything against those things doesn't have the notoriety of the big name preacher but the people the individuals who begin to go out and do the work of God the people who give themselves to him and begin to say here am I Lord like Isaiah said Isaiah chapter 6 here am I Lord use me and as God begins to use you, you will begin to see the wonders. You'll begin to see things begin to take place. For God is doing a new thing in the earth today. He's doing something new. I'm seeing, we're seeing healings. We're seeing all kinds of things. Um, I, I ministered in, um, well, on that Saturday that after we left Marom, uh, we went, got to um, Paul Torrey's house and uh, got in and, and took our luggage into the house, and and um, uh, then I said to John, I said, uh, well, we got a drink of water, and I said, uh, John, when do we need to leave for our next meeting? And he says, right now. That was, you know, so we ch chugged the water and hopped in the car. John and I did, hopped in the car and took off for another hour through Paris to get to a meeting of a, of a new church plant, an apostolic plant, and um, uh, got in there and sat down in a little home, just in a living room area of some of the leaders of this new church plant. And um, just I began to just ask them, uh, no praise and worship, so we just began to ask them a couple of questions. And then they began to, began to teach them some things uh, about prophecy and about how to know you're hearing from it. And they began to ask questions, well, how do I know? And so on. And we began to just, we just had a great discussion for about two and a half hours. All right. And uh, it was really great. So then we left there and we went to Paul Torrey's church on Sunday, ministered three times on Sunday. And then on Monday, John had a special um, meeting. So we just kind of toured Paris a little bit while he was in his meeting. We met him that evening and come to find out the pastor of that apostolic church that we were at, home meeting that we were at on Friday night, was there and he was all excited. He said... He said, one of the people that you ministered to on Saturday night prophesied a very good word today. I'm so excited. God is beginning to restore the prophetic voice into our church. Brothers and sisters, God's doing more than that. God's doing more than that. It's more than just speaking a prophetic word is beginning to inspire and to stir people's heart to where they begin to look and say, it doesn't matter who I think I am. I know who he says I am. You sang about that earlier too. Who he says I am. And I will become what he says I am. And I will do the work of God. Oh, but I don't have a radio show. I don't have a TV show. It doesn't matter. Oh, but you don't know what happened to me, all the struggles that I've had. You don't know the, the problems I've gone through. You don't know the difficulties I've had. You don't know mine either. Hello? And I'm not bragging on myself. But what I'm saying is, all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to His purpose. Romans chapter 8. God has placed his hand on you as an individual and as a church. 
And he is saying, I want to make a difference in the hearts and lives of a community. I want to make a difference in the hearts and lives of your neighborhood. I want to make a difference in the hearts and lives of the workplace, the people that you work with. And I'm sending you into the workplace. I'm sending you into the neighborhood. I'm sending you into the grocery store. I'm sending you into this place so that you can begin to make the difference in the hearts and lives of those that are there. The first day we got into Paris, as I said, we had that meeting. And um, we got to bed about 12.30 in the morning, uh, early morning. Got up early, packed our things because we were leaving, and went downstairs and had breakfast there. The hotel supplied breakfast, so we, we had breakfast. And, and John and Gloria came down, and they joined us, and, and we just had a nice breakfast and, and got ready to leave. Uh, and as we were leaving, we're bringing our, our suitcases and we're heading towards the door. Gloria, Nancy, and I were heading towards the door. And I, where's John? And I look and John had stopped at the desk. And he's talking to the receptionist at the desk. And I said, well, okay, Gloria, you got keys. We can go ahead and start loaded, loading our luggage. John will be along in a minute. So we turn and start to go out the door to the car, and I hear, Roy! I turn around, yeah, John, come here. So I walk over there, and he's leaning on the, on the counter, the desk there, and he says, this young lady is um, uh, open for prayer, and she, has, she wants a new job, uh, and would like to move south and, and get a new job. And so she's open for prayer. Now, in my mind, I'm thinking, so why did you call me? You speak French. She speaks French. I don't. So why did you call me? Pray for her. And he looks at me and he says, so pray and I'll translate. Oh, Okay. So I begin to pray, and as I was praying, God gave me a vision, and I began to just pray that vision to her. And when I said amen, I looked, and she had tears in her eyes. And John looked at her, and he told me later, he looked at her, and he said, you do understand that that was an inspired prayer, right? He didn't use the word prophecy, and I'll tell you why in a minute. He says, but that was an inspired prayer. You understand that, correct? She says, uh-huh. Come to find out, the young lady was Muslim. She didn't have a head covering on because she was at work, but she was Muslim. And Jesus had just spoken to her. Now, I tell you that story because it was, it was just simply, John just stopped at the desk and started talking. And here's what he did. He said, oh, we have been so enjoyed our stay here. It has been so nice. And if you don't mind, I'll use you, okay? And he just looked at her and he says, it's been so nice and we just really appreciate it and, and everything has been so good. We would like to do something back to you to help you. Um, is there anything that we can pray with you about? Boom. Just brought in the presence of God. God wants you and me to be that open where we begin to just be used of God on a daily basis doing whatever God has allowed us. I, I mean, why do you go to the bank? Why, why do you go to the bank? Huh? Do you ever go to the bank? Not really? Not really? <laughs> do you ever go to a restaurant? You go to a restaurant. Why do you go to a restaurant? To eat? See... That's our thinking, and this isn't anything negative here, but that's the way we think. Well, I go to a restaurant to eat. I go to a bank to do financial business. No, you go to the bank, and you go to the restaurant, and you go to, um, let me see, it's Myers up here, isn't it? And, and Walmart, you have Walmart too, right? Okay, 
Uh, Walmart is big down in our country, um, but uh, we don't have Myers in Springfield. But uh, you go to Myers to buy groceries, to buy clothes, and so on and so forth. That's what that's the way we think. But the way God thinks is this: I go to Myers on kingdom business, and while I'm there, being open of God to be used for anything that He might want me to do, I buy my groceries and I buy my clothes and I do this and I do that. And I go to the restaurant because I'm on kingdom business, so that I can speak to the waiter or the waitress, so that I can speak to this person and I'm looking around God who do you want me to minister to and while I'm there I eat my lunch or dinner or whatever it is it's a new thing God's changing the way we think he says let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus what was his mind the Bible says I must needs go through Samaria Why, John chapter 4, why did Jesus have to go through Samaria to get to Galilee? Because there was a woman that he was going to meet. Do you ever stop and think? I've heard theologians say, well, he had to get through, go through Samaria because it was the shortest shortest way to get to where he was going to go and all that. Then why did he stay for two or three extra days? It was so important for him to get to Galilee that quick, that instead of doing the normal way, going around Samaria, because the Jews had nothing to do with Samaritans, he went through Samaria. No, no. He had to go through Samaria because he's going to meet a woman. And when he met that woman and talked to that woman, the whole village got saved. Why do you go to a restaurant? Why do you go to the bank? Why do you go to the grocery store? Why do you go to the mall? Why do you go to Toledo? Why do you go to John Kingdom business? You're being sent by God to do kingdom business. A new thing I'm doing in the earth. A new thing. You've not been this way before. You've not thought like this before. You've not gone this way before. But if you'll go this way, verse 5, I will show wonders. I will show wonders. I will do mighty things through you. Amen. So they begin to go. Joshua here, he begins to go. And the people, I'll cut the part of the story short. But it's just very interesting to me. They begin to go, and as they do, they come, uh, they come to the Jordan River, and God says, I am going to, I'm going to honor you today before all the people. And what does he do? He tells Joshua to tell the priest, as soon as you step your foot into the water, the waters will roll back and we will walk across the river. And that's exactly what happened. And God honored Joshua and the people began to fear Joshua. That's what the Bible says. The people began to fear Joshua just as they did Moses. Why? They didn't really fear him as a man. They recognized the presence of God in his life. God wants to so use you individually that people begin to recognize the God that's in you. Amen? Is this all right? Amen. God wants to use you. One of the things that happened in France, and it's happened in a number of other places too, but in France... um, In this one place in particular, people were so hungry for the prophetic word that they lined up. Well, actually in two places. They lined up just, just to have us just, just lay hands on them and pray over them. And that's what we did. And God began to move in their life. Now, I'm not going to take the time to do that here this morning. 
But I do want, I do hope I'm challenging you. Folks, I've been, I, I just read this this morning. Just this morning, the Lord put Joshua in my heart for you. Just this morning, I began to read this and I just, oh, that's good, Lord. I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to study on that later. The Lord said, no, 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 no. This morning, this morning, I want to speak to this people this morning and tell them they are about to enter into a new phase, into something new in their spirit and in their heart. They've never been this way before. There's something new that God's about to do in your spirit and in your life. If, and it's a huge if, if you will give of yourself to Him and allow Him to use you to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to others around about you. If you begin to recognize that he sends you on kingdom business, you're not going to the restaurant because you're hungry. You're going there. In fact, I'll put it this way. You're hungry because God wants you to go to the restaurant to minister to somebody. Hello? Is that all right? Amen. Now, you guys are quiet. Yeah, you're quiet. Amen. Let me tell you a little dream that I had, and I'm going to close. We were in Gran, Gran, a little south of Valence, about 40 minutes south of Valence. France, southern part of France. And uh, I, be, I began to dream. And, and in this dream, uh, someone was asking me a little bit about my testimony. And I started to tell them a little bit. And, and I, I, I was awakened real quick and went right back to sleep and went almost right back into that same dream. At least I, I believe it's the same dream and um, uh, anyway in the in the dream can you come here a minute I won't hurt you I promise in in the dream this is what I saw the the person that I was talking to was like right here and there was a little boy uh, maybe about four years old maybe five off to my right here and the person here started to go like they were going to get that boy okay they're going to get it. And so I, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm holding the person back, keeping from the, the little boy from, uh, from getting the boy, you know. And, the, and you can use your arms like you're fighting me, okay? You're coming. No, not that way. <laughs> no, no. I, I don't want to be socked in the jaw, okay? <laughs> but anyway, I'm, I'm holding them back and going like this and holding them back. And I'm yelling, move, move, go, Get behind me. Go, go. And the boy just stood there. Thank you. And finally in the dream, the struggle quit. It was like the person had stopped. And I turned around and I looked at the boy and the boy went and had sat down in this chair like at a little desk. And I walked up to him. And I said, why didn't you move? Why didn't you move? Now, this applied a lot in France, but it applies here in the United States as well. And I said, I'm crying, literally crying in my sleep. And I'm struggling so much. My wife begins to wake me up. She thinks I'm in pain, needing to get me to hospital or something. And I'm there at the boy, and I'm, why didn't you move? Why? Why didn't you move? You should have moved when I told you to move. If you couldn't do it for yourself, do it for me. Move when I tell you to move. And that's when my wife woke me up. I found in France, people struggle when you 
ask them to do something or you tell them God is wanting to do something and God begins to speak. He speaks into their heart and their life and they just kind of sit there. You know, that's nice. Oh, hey, did you know God talked to me? Did you know God spoke? I got a prophetic word the other night. Did you know? That was fantastic. I got a really prophetic word. Oh, that was so wonderful. What did you do with it? What happened? Oh, well, nothing. Why didn't you move? And God is saying to you here this morning, I want to so speak into your spirit and into your heart and into your life what I want to do in this day and age, what I want to do in you and through you. But there is one requirement. Not only to listen, but you've got to move. You've got to do what I speak into your spirit and into your heart. Brothers and sisters, Joshua said we're about to enter into the Canaan land. When you see the Lord, when you see the Ark of the Covenant entering into the river of life, when you see the Lord, prepare to move and to go in to what God has called you to do. Now that's a paraphrase. Call it a Roy Ralph paraphrase if you want. But that's a paraphrase of John. I mean of Joshua. But that's what God is saying to this church. It's a new day. It's a new time. And do not come up with any kind of excuses. There are things that God has called you individually and corporately to accomplish. And when you Listen, God will speak. And as He speaks, if you will respond, now you've got to confirm, make sure it is God. But once you know it's God and you respond and you do what God told you to do, you'll begin to see wonders. You'll begin to see things begin to take place. Things begin to happen. Amen? Can you stand? Pastor told me he's usually done by 11.45. It's 11.45. <laughs> Amen. Amen. What's God saying to you? And has it been confirmed? Have you, have you, have you shared it with others to get it confirmed? Does it line up with the Word of God? And then what are you doing about it? Because God's about to do some miraculous and wonderful things in your midst. And He wants to do it through you. Oh, well, that'll start with Pastor Merritt. No, it might start with you. What are you doing? What are you hearing? And what are you doing about it? Father, I just bless this people now in the name of Jesus. I thank you for your word. I thank you, Father, for their attentiveness. And I thank you, Father, for all that you have done, all that you are doing in our lives. Because, Father, this is a new day. This is a new time. And, Lord, in Jesus' name, I just come to you now. And I pray, Father, that even as you are speaking into the spirit and into their heart, Father, as I look over this congregation, I can, uh, I, you have shown me a number of people that you've been speaking to, that you even sp- uh, speaking to while I was declaring your word. Father, I just pray in the name of Jesus you will confirm that word to their heart and life. They'll begin to submit it to those that are in authority over them and submit it, Lord Jesus, to, to one another and then begin to see the hand of God move in a miraculous way. Father, I pray for healings to take place. 
I pray, Father, for miracles. I pray for prophetic anointing to begin to rise up in the midst of this body of people. Lord, a prophetic anointing that will begin to declare the Word of God, not just here in this church, but out there in the communities. Lord Jesus, to begin to speak those things that you are saying, to begin to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort to others, to begin to help them to see who they are, who they really are in you, that they are a people that can do exploits because of the Spirit of God that is inside of them. Father, you have challenged them here this morning. And I pray, Lord Jesus, that they pick up that challenge and they begin to move by your Spirit to fulfill the call of God for their community, for their life. Not just the life of this church, but their life, individual life. Lord, strengthen them in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And just before I turn this over to Brother Ron, Two years ago, we were in Germany, and Nancy came to us, to John and me, and said, I, I believe God wants to speak to the grandmothers. We both looked at her, and being open and honest, said, what? God wants us to minister to the grandmothers. So we talked to the pastor, and he was kind of taken back, but he said, okay. So we called the grandmothers up. All the grandmothers said, don't care your age. If you're a grandmother, we want you to come up. And we began to minister to them and pray over them. And they began to hear God. Some prophetic words even came to a couple of them. One, 89 years old, Nancy, 82, 89-year-old grandmother called Nancy over at the end of church and said, I am so grateful for what you did. She said, I have been just sitting, waiting to die because I said I'm too old. God doesn't, surely God doesn't want to use me anymore. I'm too old. She said, but now I'm going to start a grandmother's prayer meeting. And she did. Intercessory prayer meeting. From that, I have not heard, but from that, I believe many other things are going to happen because when people pray, God moves. Amen? Boy, I wish a few more of you would smile at me. Uh, you know, it, That's much better. It really is. Thank you. Amen. I bless you in the name of Jesus. Brother Ron. Okay, um, I think I'm going to share more next week along those lines. I felt like God was kind of speaking to me about some things, so I'll just share some of those thoughts next week. Um, you're dismissed. We don't pick up chairs today, so um, be blessed. Have a good day. If you want prayer, I'm sure Roy would be around here. He'd be glad to pray with you if you have a specific need, so dismissed.